0: Welcome to Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast, where we meet experts from all walks of life to learn their intrinsic motivation so that they can share it with the world. What do we have in store today? Stay tuned to find out more. good morning good evening good afternoon everybody out there in podcast land this is another episode of intrinsic motivation from a homie's perspective this is hamza
1: and i am david
0: and today we have a really good guest it's actually we're getting an exclusive today her she has an upcoming memoir solo by choice and she is speaking with the homies first to introduce her to the world and let me just give you a little bit of her bio because i'm sure you guys are going to be chomping at the bit after you hear about her intro and want to know more about her life and so for more than 30 years and until this gentleman's death our guest was his mistress and she was his mistress this guy was more than twice her age he had a man he was a man with five children and you're like wow how did this happen was it a fling no for over 30 years they had a relationship and in fact she was friends with the lover's widow as well so she had good relationships with his wife and she's going to tell us about the adventures of her life as a mistress she's also going to talk about why affairs are not always about sex so get your minds out of the gutters folks she can also reveal what she wishes wives knew and also how they could affair proof their marriage her upcoming memoir is solo by choice and she's going to talk about her life as a mistress and why she made the decision to live free from marriage and children. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Patty Houch to the podcast. Welcome, Patty.
2: Good morning. Welcome to you as well and your listeners.
0: Yes, yes. Thanks thanks for uh, our exclusives. So am really happy about that. And it's really interesting in today's, um, I guess in 2018, there's so much that has changed with the traditional a dynamic of dating or marriage. And you have a, a portion of, of the population that no longer wants to get married. They no longer want to have children. And it's not the traditional, you know, go to school, get married, white picket fence, and ride off to the sunset. And you sounds like you are a little bit ahead of your time. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you want to write about it.
2: Well, the reason that I wanted to write about it is, as you said, it was kind of unusual when I did it. And it was was because I hadn't really seen that many marriages that were the ideal marriages that we all think of. And, And you're right, I was brought up to go to school, uh, get married, and have children. That was what was expected. And I found that that did not sit well with me. And I went to college on a scholarship for physics. And it was so... I, I wasn't dumb. And as I saw things, I said there's got to be another way and um finding the man that i found was just it was almost, it was it was by accident we certainly didn't think that it would turn into what it turned into but um that's the um uh, that's my background i uh and i was never particularly Anxious to have children anyway. And because of my education, there was so much I could do. Uh, And having a husband, a legal marriage, and children um, put a crimp in my style, so to speak. Uh, I would continue to have to ask for permission when I wanted to do something. Not the same as your parents, but still, if you want to do something, you check with your husband first. If you have children, you think about their position and what you're doing, if it will hurt them, if it will help them. Uh, All of that stuff I didn't have to go through, so I was free, Um, and I found a bunch of adventures. I've... Again, strictly by accident, but they were there. So that's kind of the background, David.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And uh, I'm a big fan, Patty, of, of movies, all genres. I like comedies. I like Dramas. I like horror movies too. And last year was the 60 year anniversary. Uh, and this isn't a movie, but a TV show. It was the 60 year anniversary of Leave It the Beaver. And so you know you had the Beav and Wally and all. And you know it was just a snapback a, a flash of the of back in the black and white TV era of defined roles. Was that like a horror horror show? Watching <laughs> watching those defined roles in, in June Cleaver.
2: Well, at the time, I was young enough that it wasn't a horror movie. And it was, um, but yes, if I were to look at those episodes now, I would be, I would be glad that I chose what I chose. And um, I I don't think that I could, I could handle that. Um, Knowing what I know now and the freedom that i had by not doing that i think that uh uh i think that would bother me to do it their way
0: and and along those lines you know in 2018 again you know we have this me too movement and you know women are actually uh, speaking out about transgressions that happened to them 20 30 years ago And the question was, you know, why did you wait 20 or 30 years? And they were like, well, it wasn't the environment that I felt I could do it. You know, guys and their women fellow colleagues actually ostracized them for stepping out and and speaking their truth. What was the environment like And Matt, you didn't fit into that cookie cutter role?
2: You know, it was a lot easier than you think it might have been. Um, It was... I was recognized as being a little bit different, and that freedom actually got me a lot of the jobs, businesses, friends, uh, etc., that I uh, ended up living my life that way. And it was, like I said, I still look back on it when I'm writing the memoir now and recognized how easy it was. I didn't I mean, I made my way in a man's world, and it was, I probably, I'm trying to think now of a professor in college, and one other time, I might have run into someone who said, you know, you don't belong here, you're supposed to get married and have children, and um but not as, often as, not as often as you might think, even back then. Um, I think it just surprised people. Uh, and, and the more I did it, the more the confidence in myself that I could do anything at any time. Was, um, it, it was a great strength. And it helped me to, to, to move forward in my life.
0: I love it. I love it. And let's go back before you mentioned the example in, in college. And I love the fact that uh, we're always taught that the more whatever you focus on expands. And so you had a mil, uh, let's just say a million great instances and maybe one or two bad. And some people have an inkling to focus on those two bad experiences, and you're like totally disregarding all of the <laughs> million good ones. So I love that you didn't have that outlook. And I do want to go back to childhood because, like you said. Um, especially, you know, until recently, there were lines in the sand, women or little girls mature faster than boys, and, you know, up until, like, fifth grade, you know, they're head head over shoulders over boys as far as their academic uh, acumen. But then it seems like junior high school and such, that changed, and they were kind of moved away from the math and sciences, and what was your childhood like with regards to with that scenario did they try to point you into like comec and you were like no that's not for me even as a little child
2: that's it (laughs) you hit it it on the head Um, it's um, my mother certainly my father did not expect me to do anything other than get out of high school find a fella get married and have children and when I wanted to go to college, that kind of blew their mind. And, and then I got the scholarships, and it became a little bit harder for them to fight that then. And um, it was my science background, my education was just, it was everything to what happened to me as I grew older. I loved to learn. I loved school. And it was, and the sciences are, the science background is interesting because it teaches you that it's okay to fail. Um, the excitement of uh, experiments in the classroom—you didn't get it right all the time, and when you failed, um, it just meant you got another chance to do it right this time. And sometimes it took a took a bit. But that became in my mind um again a strength because it didn't bother me when I failed. I just figured I'll try again and I'll do it. And eventually I did do it. But the um but the background in the sciences all education is just so important. And um oh, as you grow up and you start meeting people in business the way you talk what your what your background has been it comes out when you have a conversation with these people and they know that you're educated they know that you are curious uh, that you want to try new things and that you want to be very good at what you do and that is that's the carrot that you dangle to someone who's thinking of hiring you because that's a good person for them to have.
0: I love it. And uh, Patty, are you familiar with Joe Rogan?
2: No, I don't believe I am.
0: Okay. So I'd like to make our recommendation. So Joe Rogan has this podcast, he's huge. And the reason why I bring him up is yesterday or two days ago he had an interview with Elon Musk. And so in two days, I think they oh. are at eight, nine million, uh, nine million views in two days on YouTube. So you could do a quick search for Elon Musk, and it's huge. And as a fellow scientist, he talked about different scenarios that failed. And Steve Jobs is, is popularly known or famously known for saying failing forward. And you pretty much talked about how uh, you can't live a perfectionist life and trying to overthink and thinking there's only one solution. Could you give a an example? Uh, either in the past or recent or, or recently where there was you were going in one direction It didn't turn out the way you wanted to but it led you to where you were ultimately supposed to be Interesting
2: question um I think I for many years I uh, started and owned a business as a um an investment advisor a stock market and i was at the at the time the idea of charts you know showing on the ups and downs and all that sort of stuff was in its i'm not going to say it's infancy but it was new, and i ended up um I just wanted to be an investment advisor. I just wanted to manage people's money and do a good job at it. But when I started looking at the charts, I started seeing patterns. And I ended up um, inventing is the wrong word, but I made a a, a system that would uh, time the stock market. In other words, we could tell when the market was about to go up and when the market was about to go down. And I ended up licensing that to the largest um, um, newsletter writer at the time. Uh, Fabian was the name. And um, I didn't expect when I just wanted to manage money that I would become well-known for something that was, I guess it's an offshoot, but certainly not what I intended. Um, but I will tell you how many times I failed when I tried to make the system. If I had not persevered, if I had not looked at it another way, if I had not, it took years. And, um, but what I ended up with, you know, was a gold star.
0: That's a. Hmm. I mean that's huge, especially time in the market. Uh, that's a we can go in another direction, but I really want to stay focused on while you're here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll maybe have you back on for that because uh, I, I actually I love that. So in the, I'm a big software technology person. Oh, um, okay, good. But it
2: still works, by the way, the system. And it uh, does.
0: Awesome. Yeah, there's another.
2: There's probably another book in there in a year or two.
0: I would think so, just because you said that, you know, the, I know it was on 60 Minutes some time ago and, and some other uh, news shows where uh, the big firms on Wall Street had access to software or, let's say, pipes for data before the layman would get it. So, oh, yeah. you know, even if it were three minutes or five minutes before the layman would get it, they could leverage that and make millions of dollars. So it's good to know I'm actually talking to someone that was at the beginning of, of developing those type of software
2: yeah it was a um I, I, i'm i'm amazed that it still works and yet I'm not because uh I stayed with logic and as long as there's a a buyer and a seller uh and we can get the data, it'll work anyway um like you said we don't want to get off on that tangent
0: well i, I think there's there's a parallel because in the there's the fact that uh, you were talking about perseverance and, and, you know, many people hear that as far as, uh, you know, platitudes and what have you. But you said it took years for that to ultimately ultimately happen for you in that vein. And, you know, you're living your life and potentially I'm sure there were some pangs or, you know, as guys say or women say their clock starts ticking and they're like, well, what's wrong? I'm not on this trajectory that's what's supposed to be predefined for me. And you kind of persevered through that as well. Um, so I, I think there's some parallels and I, I'd like for you to talk about an instance where you were you know it sounds like you were getting you needed it sounds like you needed to it, as I understand your timeline you needed to have some kind of um, uh, proact not proactive but you you had to be um, not proactive what am I actually empowered so you had to be empowered to have some of your own time to actually figure some of these things out for business and at the time it seems like there wasn't enough room to actually have a relationship and let it grow that way uh, did you feel that you were trying to serve two masters and having a relationship life versus your professional life
2: it would have been difficult for me to have had um, a, a marriage and children when I was getting uh, dedicating myself to the to the system and 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 making that and making that work. I don't know if I could have done it Um, because there are so many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your time. I mean, your time is everything. And, you know, um, a marriage uh, and children take up a lot of time. And so when I was working on the system, I I didn't really have that problem. Uh, and what I chose to have in my life that was similar to a marriage um, still gave me the freedom that I needed and the support, and uh, and I was able to accomplish both. And I think that's important for for particularly women to understand that they can have what they need, but they can also have what they want. All they have to do is change the timeline a little bit on their lives. And um, if you put off marriage, you can have adventures first, and that makes you a much more interesting person when you start looking for Mr. Wright. Uh, and you will have you'll you'll just be full of stories and adventures, and this, that, and other, and you'll end up being a, a better wife and, I think, a better mother if you choose to still do that later in your life. And, and I'm not talking talking 60, but if you waited until you were 30 and took those years out of school and saw life, enjoyed life, and uh, it would just—I'm being redundant here—but it would make you a different person and a better person, I think.
0: Yeah, I remember. Uh, she just recently passed, uh, Francis, Doctor Francis Cresswell Saying, I remember she had come to speak with us when I was in school, and she said that you really don't know yourself until you're 28. And, you know, you're saying that to a bunch of 19, 20, 21-year-olds, and they're like, what, what are yeah. you talking about? And, you know, you're 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 saying that, yeah, I, it sounds like you prescribed to that as well. And what I see, I'm over 40, so I know a lot of women that took the route that you did, you know, to climb the corporate ladder and such, and they kind of split in the late 30s in that they felt like they missed the boat, and then others tried to go into their traditional route, and it was like... How can I? I mean, I've broke through that (laughs) that myopic view. So you know, they were, at least today, not married or without children. And our our first, our second podcast was about there's no accidents, and we talked about a bunch of coincidences and you know all the synchronicities of life. And I think that's where I'm going to steer you next because you felt that it was an accident that you guys got together. But what was it was the work environment, or how did you meet this gentleman that was twice your age? Was he your mentor, or if you can give us some was, background? He was talk. my boss. Um,
2: and uh, I was and it was actually my first job per se uh, as uh, uh, being by myself, and uh, and I needed an income, obviously. And I just got this little job at a automobile dealership, and he was the sales manager uh and it was just one of those things uh neither one of us ever thought that it would amount to anything, I think other than just some pleasant get togethers, but it did um and it lasted for it lasted for a long time. And I was young enough at the time, I was 24, I was young enough at the time that I needed to learn a lot of stuff and he was 48 and he had, he'd seen most of it and he was happy to teach and, uh, and he was also happy to let me try on my own and he was just the support that was there. So it was, it was a great combination for a young woman who needed someone who'd already been there and done that to uh, give her some guidance when she was shooting herself in the foot, which happened. And um, I, I credit him with a lot
1: because of that but he was my boss
0: so now, let
1: me just jump in real quick i want to ask you so in the beginning of this relationship and this you know this question might be well maybe because i've seen it from tv or or you know just general thoughts the, did you ever experience at any point in time especially in the beginning where you went through you wanted him, oh, I want you to leave your hus- your wife, and we'll be together forever, or did you always see it as a for what it was, and you were comfortable with that?
2: I saw it for what it was um and it was i there was never any thought of that, at least on my end of uh, for um leaving what he had. Uh, and it was, it, it, uh, let's get crass for just a second, if he had asked me to marry him, I would, meaning that he would have to get rid of um I probably would have said no. Um, and because I liked the life the way it was. And we provided for each other something apparently that we needed. And um, I was just, I was happy with that. But no, there was never any thought, at least on my part, as I said, to um, make trouble for him, so to speak. I wasn't interested. I was interested in us. But I was, and as it turned out, I think, because he knew he was safe, um, that's when the relationship started with his with his family, with his wife and his children. Uh, we went into business together, and it was just natural that I meet the family and get to know them. Um, and i And I was very friendly with his wife uh and um she was a lovely lovely lady and I say that in the past tense because just in the last couple of months she passed away and um it was um, I'm sorry about that uh it was um you know i feel feel badly, but she was ninety three years old and had fourteen great grandchildren that was her life and that's what she wanted her life to be and um and i don't believe we ever heard her cuz i don't think she knew which is amazing i think she yeah. <laughs> i think i think she knew he had someone but she right. didn't think it was me maybe because of the age difference maybe because we were good actors. Who knows? But, um, and
0: I, that's why I'm laughing because I, 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 <laughs> I mean, we, this is called intrinsic motivation from a homie's perspective. As a guy, I know that I have to work on developing my intrinsic or the su- uh, subconscious, right? But women have that sixth sense built in. And you've been in business (laughs) environments where you're like, I'm not going to do business with this person, no matter how much they're smiling in front of me. Like, there's a sixth sense you have. And I think on some level she had to know, you know, but she was just like, well, yeah,
2: which, you know, which just ups my respect for her because Um, we did things together. I mean, we weren't, you know, I didn't, I didn't see her that often, but. We were always friendly, and um, to see us together, you would not think in your wildest dreams that she knew that her husband was, let's just say, seeing someone else. Uh, And uh, I could have asked. He would have told me, but I chose not to.
0: In one of our previous podcasts, Patty, we were talking with uh, an expert uh, psychologist and a psychotherapist, and she was talking about um, past life regressions, and she was talking about Akashic records. Are you familiar with Akashic records at all?
2: Uh, Could you say that again for me, please?
0: Sure. Are you familiar with Akashic records? No. Okay, so Akashic records is uh, a a school of thought that, you know, it's, it's our personal if you will, uh, spiritual library, and that you can kind of tap into it and find out about past lives. You can find about, uh, not so much about future lives, but you find out about equations and different scenarios. And the only reason why I bring it up is, you know, as a person that was, was trained as scientists, you're, you're looking at equations all day. And I was just wondering that, you know, when this started happening or it started developing, if this gentleman didn't have five children, maybe if he had one kid or the kid was younger, would the different scenarios had made a difference in your decision?
2: It might have made a difference in his decision. Mm -hmm. But it was, um, we became very good friends very quickly. And, And the friendship, I think was what carried it on. But um, the the five children were, when I first met him, his youngest was 12 and 13 years old. So, um, and his oldest was older than me, by a little bit. And, um, but his wife was what he called Mama Bear. And she took care of that she took care of the kids and she saw and his role changed as they became older and became adults uh, And but if his situation had been different when we first met would it still have happened I think so the answer to your question is I think so it still would have happened um, and and also, when we were into the relationship a little bit, I found out by accident that I wasn't the first, and at least by one, and um, there had been someone before me, and that changed my way of looking at things. Um, but I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't want well. I wasn't going to get him all to myself because he was already married and had a family. But when I found out that there had been someone prior to me, um, a much shorter relationship, uh, and I don't know that much about it, but um, she actually, she was in a bad marriage. She was also married. Uh, and she took her own life, and I think that information, when I got it, changed my way of thinking about things. Um, and how you're going to ask, I it's it's hard it's hard to say. I just knew that there was there were more things on his plate than I would have thought that there were. And um, it just helped us become closer friends. We never talked about her. I don't even know he knows. I never knew if he knew that someone had told me about her. And, um, but it made a difference uh, to me. But the friendship, like I said, just got closer because of it.
1: Patty, let me ask you, so during the course of your relationship, was there any room for you, I mean, we're all human beings, and let's say, you know, you met someone, and then next thing you know, you here is someone else that you have feelings for, Um, was there any room for you to say, hey, you know, well, we're doing this, but there's someone else over here I kind of have feelings for, and I want to be able to see them. Just kind of like how he's married, but he's seeing you.
2: Um, once I there, um, I moved around a bit before I met him. Uh, and there were a couple of other fellows, uh, but the, um, once I met him, there was never anyone else. Not for me, anyway. Uh, For him, there might have been at the beginning, but then it was... uh, You're going to chuckle at this, but once love came into it, it it was pretty one way as far as I was concerned. Um, He made me happy and um, gave me what I needed, and... As often as we saw each other, which is very often, um, we just didn't need anything else. I mean, he had someone else at home, but I did not. And that was my choice. I could have, uh, but um, I met a lot of very interesting fellows, but I was not interested
0: once i met him when when you said you were not interested it, it makes me think of of just my personal experience in undergrad right i, I am like pinching pennies and <laughs> eating oodles and noodles and we had guys like professional athletes and i I, it, I went to school here in atlanta so you know it's black hollywood if you will so you you had the athletes you had actors that were in their you know mid-20s early 30s and they're driving on campus around campus in these nice flashy cars and I need gas money type of thing and so you know the women try to they gravitated towards them like you were saying the dynamic was there they were more mature they were a little better established in life and I wanted to know like David was asking about the others did you start developing a type as far as going after older women or the other guys didn't cut it because they were maybe your age
2: um I'm going to take you back to when I was young to start answering that question. My mother's favorite phrase was boys and books don't mix. Boys and books don't mix. I was not allowed to date. She had to find me a date for my senior prom. So when I went to college, I was on my own for the first time. And there were... Um, and I was dating young guys that were my age and um, no offense but they didn't do anything for me. Um, I believe the phrase I used was uh, uh, raging hormones and clumsy hands (laughs) and I needed um, I wanted to be um, a good woman for a man and I realized that I needed a man to teach me so I went looking and uh, it was and I found that person Um, the not not the gentleman we're talking about one prior to him Mm -hmm. and um but he was, he was much older, and, um, but the lessons I wanted to learn, he could teach me, and he did. So it was, I think a lot of what happened in my life was because I took control of my life. When I was still relatively young and realized what I needed And where to find it and I went looking and I got it and I guess I've kind of been that way my whole life Um, and I've been very lucky I've been very fortunate Um, but again I made my own luck because I had a good education I knew the right people I was I was lucky the day I was born uh I mean it started there. I was I was healthy. I was in a middle-class American home and frankly I was white. So I had things going for me if I wanted to take them. And I did. Want them. Uh and um it a, a lot of people could do the same thing, not everything I did, but if they did, if they can take out of the book some of the stuff that I did, um, they too would be, uh will have a different life. Not necessarily great, but I mean, a, you know, a very different life, but just enough. How many of us, how many of us and how often do we think, what if? what if i had done it this way what if i didn't do that what if what if what if um that's human nature Mm -hmm.
0: let me flip it on you as far as like you're saying the equal rights standpoint in that uh, you traditionally you'll see uh let's say a salt and pepper haired gentleman with a younger lady on his arm and on some level it's it's accepted you know there some people may wince but but now in 2018 you have a lot of women that like you were saying they they uh, kind of eschewed the traditional roles and now you know they're, they're c-level uh, people in the business world and made a way for themselves and you know can write their own write their own path and they're looking back like well all the all of my peers my older gentleman partners are dating these younger women what about me dating younger men I wanted to get your take because like you're saying uh, the dynamic is definitely different where a woman's maybe looking to learn from a man what's your take on older women dating younger men
2: um I guess it just depends on the person uh she finds something attractive in the younger man and he and the older woman um Can it reverse itself from what happened to me? Absolutely. But it depends on, you know, where you came from. What do you need? I needed an older man when I was young. Uh, And for all the things that he could teach me. Um, An older woman looking at a younger man, um, excitement comes to mind. Um, Why she would why she would do that um but it could just be that they didn't pay attention to the age um they became friends they liked each other they made each other happy and um and if they in particular if the marriage certificate is not part of the equation then um i i can understand that um right now in my life I wouldn't mind um maybe even getting married now. Um only because I think you, you need and want a partner as you get older. Uh you need the support uh and um and the friendship and everything that comes with it. So and i've 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 lived my adventures and uh and this book will be another one uh and somewhere out there there's an a, another man I doubt for me however that it would be a young man um but not necessarily the you know the lady that you see in the next room she could have a totally different way of looking at what she wants and what she needs and uh, uh that's fine
1: so patty let me ask you 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 were in the you mentioned that uh, the gentleman that you were involved with had a relationship before you and then of course you had a relationship with him. what were what do you think the reasons were for him to seek a relationship outside of his marriage, what was like missing missing for him that made him, you know, go that route?
2: I don't know. I think about it often. Um, uh, I never asked him and he never volunteered. Um, uh, but there must've been something, um, something, something was missing. um, uh, People change, and and if you know as they as they get older, um, they see more things, they experience more things. Everybody changes, and if you think you are not going to change, or that your partner is not going to change, um, you're you're looking for a, a tough road there, uh, because it's going to happen, and it's not deliberate it's just the way life is and um, apparently he saw something in, in that lady that he needed and um, and like I said I know that she had a very bad marriage so she needed someone they might have just started talking and um, that's the way most of them start anyway most any relationship you just you start talking and you realize that that person makes you feel good and um and when they make you feel good that's when the questions start in your mind about you know i must i'm missing something why this makes me feel good why don't i have it now and when it becomes possible to have it now, um, that's when the second and third relationships start. It's not necessarily anybody's fault. It's just that as people change, holes appear in their lives that they didn't know that they needed to fill. Uh, And if they can find someone... Who can help them fill that hole it's a very compelling feeling
0: now i don't want to write this off but it's a question that i i have to ask so with him meeting you and he was 48 and just for this argument let's say the previous relationship before you he was maybe 44. how much you know the argument could be that he was going through a midlife crisis and that's why he started looking around do, do you put any weight on on men and women going through a midlife crisis and reevaluating their lives
2: I think it's possible sure um you know we're putting a word on it midlife crisis but um, I, I think it's back to uh you know, people changing now there's holes and you're looking to fill them and particularly for for people who are working, usually the guy, if not both, you know, the husband and the wife, you are confronted with people all the time, new people, different people. And um, it's tough not to say what if. and um, Or be talking to someone and suddenly have a feeling that you haven't had before or that you suddenly go, wow, you know, that, that felt good. I I can, I can talk to them about that and it's, um, for my fellow and me, it was the friendship. Um, he used to say that, um, if you were very, very lucky, you might have five and he'd lift up his hand with his five fingers, you might have five very, very good friends in a lifetime. And um I mean the 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 perfect friend, the friend you can say anything to, the friend that would forgive you anything, uh what you hoped your wife or husband would be. But it's not necessarily going to happen that way
0: if you haven't seen it there's a there's a book and a movie called the five people you meet in heaven are you familiar with that
2: (laughs) i have to tell you no again but uh, tell me
0: yeah i think you'll you'll like it because it's you know it's a it's been out for years I'm sure you can get it on Netflix or whatever (laughs) I was gonna say Blockbuster but yes I'm sure you can get it on Netflix and and it's one of those where the the gentleman dies I think it was John Boyd and you know he was living this uh, quote-unquote linear life but when he passed he ran into five people that were so instrumental in his life they had a huge impact for him moving forward and they weren't the people that he thought about and so on some level Outside of this conversation, maybe somebody would say this this gentleman that we're talking about for you, you know, it would be maybe one of his five children or his wife or his parents. In in many cases, it, it's not. And so the movie's good because you can't really anticipate how much of an impact. And, and while they were, while he was living his life, he probably didn't see it as such. But for you having such an instrumental part of um, what was it traditional that it may stand out, and I think the movie may resonate with you. I wrote so, it down.
2: I will get yeah. the movie. It sounds yeah.
0: good. And on that note, while you're right, Moviesdale, I'm a big movie guy. So uh, God bless him. He, he just he passed away a couple of years ago. So Robin Williams, he's oh, yeah. known for all his comedic movies, but he did a movie called Final Cut. And in that movie, if you're not familiar, he's working at a um, – he's kind of like a – lack of a better term a fixer so when a person they uh, a person is born they had a chip implanted and it recorded everything in their lives from their waking moments to their sleeping moments and you know dark all darkest moments whatever and so when you when you die you would hire someone like a Robin Williams he would go in and he would cut out like infidelity and all this so you had a nice hallmark uh, video that you could show at your funeral And it's just really interesting to show how many layers we have. (laughs) So I I think you'll like that one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to ask, yes, the final cut. And I want to ask you about the women's intuition again, because I I am an entrepreneur, and and I know a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of the married ones, um, when they were hiring their assistants or their sales staff or something, they kind of laugh because they're not ultimately maybe the person they would have hired because the happy wife happy life the wife came in one day and saw the sleeper hot secretary and, oh. <laughs> and that secretary was no longer working there and so it was interesting that um you know that yours was allowed to develop and i was just wondering if you see that um throughout people you deal with like you're like on the surface people don't think they know like i knew at work oh you could tell when that romance was going to happen even though they thought they were hiding it I was just wondering if you see it in other other uh, scenarios that you find yourself in
2: not recently but back when we had just met uh, my fellow and I um, yes you could see that Um, and often not always, I guess, but uh, uh it was i was I was taken aside by one of his top salesmen and one night at a show and um I was given a warning about seeing him meaning everybody knew. And uh it was it was too late for me by then. I was pretty much uh starstruck. And it was but it had happened to him. He used his warning uh to me by giving me the story of when he met a younger girl and had an affair, if you will, and um, and it was, and she wanted to marry him, and um, but he wouldn't do it, and he said the same thing is going to happen to you. But see, he was assuming that I would try and break up, as you had asked before, and um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't interested in that, so. But those sorts of frequent uh, friendships, partnerships, they go on, I think it's pretty natural. Um, Particularly when you're in that area of um, 20 to 50, really. Uh, And it's just, I think it's just natural because people change. If people didn't change, um, and I don't mean that in a negative way, if people didn't change, we wouldn't have these problems. Mm-hmm. You'd have found your your number one, and he would have stayed number one, and it, and it still happens. There are perfect marriages out there, but they're not as Prevalent, as you might think the prevalency comes the other way and um, it's uh, whether the people want to admit it or not um, I just didn't want what was exciting and good and necessary in my life to change and um, when he retired I moved um, but it was many 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 years later as you know mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. it's 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 you know going back to the at the beaver you know Ward was home at four o'clock or five o'clock when the kids got home from school and it's not like that today I mean you have people that are used to working 50 60 70 hours a week and it seems inevitable that the person that you're in proximity to you're actually spending more time at work in many cases than you are at home and yep. so you're like you're like you're saying you're troubleshooting you're working through equations you're problem solving conflict resolution all the above that you're not getting at home and so you're kind of as a you i'm not talking about my own life hopefully <laughs> but i'm just saying that it, you actually have like two personalities and so it's like you in the work world, we always laugh and joke and say, oh, that's my work wife or that's my work husband, and it's because of that. So it seems inevitable on some level that relationships would start, but it's up to the person to see how far they go. And yes. speaking with you, it just seems interesting in 2018 where you know, social media exists, and like you said, your relationship was different, but the colleague that warned you was dealing with a woman that may have put all his information out today on social media, you know, even if he didn't that's want true. that to happen. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, that's very true. That's very true. And um I mean, I appreciated what he was thinking of. I mean, uh, he was friendly with me, he was friendly with my fellow and he didn't want either one of us to get hurt. Uh and he assumed assumed that what had happened to him with his friend was going to happen between my fellow and I, and um, that at some point, somebody was going to say, I want only you, and you have to make changes so that we can be together. And um, that becomes very difficult, particularly with an older fellow, with a big family. And, um, but again, I wasn't interested; he never heard it from me, and um he, ne- he never would um, and it was um we were we were right for each other when we needed someone like the friendship that we had and um in in my case, I think I got the the better half of it. Uh, and, um, but again, I was free. Uh, we saw the best of each other because there wasn't a piece of paper that said that we had to stay together. We both knew when we were together that either one of us could walk out the door at any time. So we were on our best behavior. I saw the best of him and he saw the best of me. And, um, of course we had no idea that we would want that for 30 years but it happened
0: that's why I enjoy talking to you I mean the, the, the length of the relationship even outside of the the quote-unquote like you said uh, getting the paperwork done and I think the the, the 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 one thread that is the same is that with with you and then the gentleman that warned you was the woman's decision of exploiting or not and You know, when you look today at 2018, the the statistics are, you know, 50 to 60 percent divorce rate, but over 70 percent of those making that decision to get divorced are women. So women ultimately kind of steer, or what's your take on, on that as far as women making that decision of, you know what, I don't... I think I I thought I wanted this white picket fence lifestyle, but I don't. Maybe I I need to read Patty's book and see how the other half lives.
2: Well, um, she might have initiated a a divorce, but we don't know why. Mm -hmm. Um, In in other words, it it could be something as simple as sitting down in the chair and, and talking to herself about what ifs. But it also could have been because he was doing something. And he started it, and now and now, because of that, she wants a divorce, so it's it there are lots of reasons that the woman might choose to um and I often think about that too if she if his wife had known um and she insisted that we stop seeing each other um I don't have an answer for that question because it didn't happen. At least I don't think it did. And, um, uh, but that would have been, well, that would have been difficult, um, depending upon when it happened because we just got closer as the years went on. And it would have been, uh, and when I, just to make a point here, uh, when I moved, um, it w- when he retired he was showing up every day at the house and I knew that this was not going to be good because he didn't have an excuse anymore he wasn't working and when I moved I moved across the country um, in a year he was there um, and he took his vacations with his wife um and came to visit every year for several years so it, again solo by choice has got a lot of twists in it, and um <laughs> to say the very least but um um people make choices and they make choices that they then have to have to live with and um like i said i think that i was very fortunate uh to have met such a classy and wonderful man and his family and um i like to think that it was all good
1: patty let me ask you, uh, we're getting at the top of the hour here, but let me ask you, did anyone in your family know about uh, this relationship? No. No.
2: No, I had, uh, when I went to college, I went away to college. My mother wanted me to go to the little Catholic uh, thing on the top of the hill, community college, and be taught by the nuns, and I said, uh-uh, what's <laughs> gonna happen. Uh, and, um, so... But it was, I didn't meet him in college. I met him after college um, and after a few years. But um, I, when I started taking control of my life, when I was in school, I made up a story about a fellow named Mike. And he was the boyfriend. And uh, I made a story about who he was not a you know no details pretty simple story but I kept that story I kept it for years and year for decades um same name same guy and um it was uh and I, and I came up with a picture once too for my mother uh and um and it was accepted and People didn't, um, after a while, they didn't ask any longer why I didn't bring him with me when I came home, or, or this, that, and the other thing. They just realized that I didn't want to talk about it, but I was obviously happy, and um, and I was left alone by my family. But no, they, they never knew about um, anything. Really, just that um I was straight <laughs> and mm-hmm. um but it was um not anything that I wanted to share mm-hmm. and um I was a very private person, became a very private person because with my relationship with him, I had to uh it was um i mean we 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 got our lives were were protecting each other protecting him so he didn't get in trouble protecting me so I didn't get in trouble uh, other people knowing about the relationship etc um the details uh how we did that were actually quite simple and um and it worked obviously but um it's well um i as I said before, I feel extremely privileged to have known him, and he was a classy fellow, his wife was classy uh his kids were a handful, but uh the um, I think that something like that is available today but it would it's always available you know if you do it right if you put all the pieces in the right place you're going to get a picture Mm -hmm. on the top of the puzzle box and it's going to be um a little bit more difficult though because of social media right everybody's got a phone in their hand everybody's got a, a a camera in their hand Uh, and uh, it would be as I said it would be much more difficult to maintain a relationship like we had for as many years as we did uh, in in today's world it could still happen uh, but
0: so Patty I, I referenced a few movies earlier And I wanted to know about the movie Solo by Choice by Patty (laughs) Houts. Any plans for that?
2: I think it would make a great series. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would... uh, Not a a sitcom, certainly, but um, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if somebody snaps it up and tries mm-hmm. to do a movie out of it or a series if you will tv tv series uh it has everything that most people would want um, and and it and it's full of surprises uh and it's full of suspense uh and it would Probably make a great movie, yes.
0: Awesome. And since this is an upcoming memoir, when can we expect the release of Solo by Choice, the book?
2: I'm, I was hoping by the end of this year, but I think it's going to be early next year. Ah. And um, we're in the rewrite. It's written, but it's in the rewrite stages, and the editor is, and the publisher is chosen. We just need to get the, uh, get the material to them. Uh, and um, so I'm going to say probably January February
0: okay well usually we, we leave this point that's part of the interview so people can leave their social media <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and websites and such for people can get in touch with you uh, how do you work do you want to still stay uh, pretty reclusive so you can get it done or do you want to put your information out there so people can get in touch with you
2: oh I think we can put the information out there um, it's, um, uh, we need to do some, we need to do some pre-marketing, so my editor says. And, uh, so it, um, certainly the, uh, my name, um, uh, or, or would you rather put it out? Anyway, <laughs> Patricia Houts at com.
0: Okay. Perfect. And then they'll, they'll follow you. And then when it comes out, you know, they can always reference this. And thanks for the exclusive. And we'll say we know her when, before she became famous with the book and the movie <laughs> and the tours. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, the speaking engagements. That'll be a, that'll be the questions that are going to come will be Absolutely. very interesting, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I'm David. And in the supreme, most famous author slash movie director. It was a pleasure, Patty House.
2: Thank you. I enjoyed myself tremendously.
1: Thank you for being on. Th- thank you. Take care. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks again for checking out another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast. Please check us out on our website at intrinsicmotivation.life where you can click on the speak pipe button and leave any suggestions for future podcasts that you'd like us to cover. Also check us out on our social media sites. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, iTunes podcast in addition to Stitcher and Google Play, all under Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. Check you out next time. Have a great day.